What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go, Giants. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Happy New Year, Giants fans. Welcome to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This week, we are 75% British, 25% Irish, but absolutely still 100% Giants. With Shane returning, it's a full house this week as we kick off 2023. And what better way to kick off 2023 than putting up more than 30 points in a game and confirming our place in the postseason for the first time in six long years. Shane, the first time you've experienced playoff football as a Giants fan. How are you and how are you all doing, lads? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to uh, to all of you guys and all the listeners. Uh, yeah, I thought, you know, Giants have done their bit, put 30 points. I thought it was about time I'll come back to the pod. Um, and, you know, there's no better episode to come back to from a, a Giants fan, you know, first time. Lots of firsts. First time I've seen Giants win a game in the new year. First time I've seen the Giants with a winning record. First time I've seen the Giants in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, what more can you ask for? Yeah, good to have you back. And um, I know it's been a fantastic week. I mean, you know, could Danny Dollars play any better than he did last week? I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. He's definitely earned himself a new contract. And um, very interested to see how we attack this week. But and then how will that lead us to attacking the playoff game itself? Yeah, it's been um, it's 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 been exciting times. You know, it's only the second time I've experienced playoff football, only the second time I think I've experienced a winning record as well. So it's uh, it's been one of those sort of buzzy weeks where you just kind of walk around with a smile on your face, uh, and it's just nice to see us playing well. And I think we've got a little bit of momentum behind us, and long may it continue. Absolutely long, mate, continuing. Danny Dollar, not Danny Dimes anymore, Danny Dollars. Yeah, it came big at the weekend. Um, but yeah, how good does it feel to be a, a playoff team once again, Kev? Because uh, it's... Yeah, you kind of forget. You get into these like ruts of like, you know, underachieving throughout the season and like kind of being out of contention early for the last few years. So it's kind of hard to remember like, you know, what the sort of playoff football feels like. I mean... I know you said before many a time, like, you know, we're not quite there yet. We're not the finished team, we're not the finished article. But by God, are we going in the right direction, though? Yeah, man. You think, like we were saying, like, it's nice to play competitive football in like November, competitive football in December, now playing competitive football in January. And it's like, is there a snow, sort of snowball effect going on? Are we gaining momentum? Like, you know, we'll, we'll get into it shortly. But um, before we do get into the indie game at the weekend, I just want to say on behalf of all of us, um, we are sending our thoughts and best wishes to Damar Hamlin, his family and his teammates. Uh, and we all hope he makes a speedy recovery, obviously, after the um, cardiac arrest he suffered on uh, Monday night against uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. So, yeah, send best wishes and a speedy recovery to him. So, for the first time in six years, the Giants are bound for the playoffs. Uh, Let's face it, we decimated the Colts at the weekend, didn't we? Um, it was just after after they scored the uh, the token field goal in the first quarter. I think it was just 
floodgates opened from then on and uh, we rounded out the game a 38-10 win. Um, starters were pulled in the fourth quarter and it was just a nice, comfortable win. And like, I think we said uh, last week that it'd be so nice just to sit there and watch a game where we are sort of two or three scores ahead and lo and behold, it's what happens. And uh, you know, we locked ourselves into the number six seed in the NFC, uh, given the first experience of playoff football for, to most of our squad, if not all of our squad. I think there was, what, I think there's one or two players in the squad that have had playoff experience. Um, I think Collins has had playoff experience with us, obviously Shep's still with the squad. I think other players have, but with different teams. Obviously, I think Jefferson and Moreau have both had playoff experience with the Ravens. Yeah, Felici- yeah. Feliciano will have done with the Bills. Um, Hodge, maybe. I, I'm not sure if he if he's made any postseason berths, but there are a few of our vets, but we've we've got a young team as well, and a lot of them wouldn't wouldn't have got near. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the only the only current active player to have played in the playoff game for the Giants is Collins back in 2016. And Landon Collins, it had to be 21, didn't it, with the pick six? I mean, what a, what a play that was. I mean, unreal. Unreal play. Um, but yeah, it was a day of celebration, really, at MetLife, wasn't it? LT got the crowd fired up. That 30-point mark was, uh, was shattered. And uh, the Gatorade bar for Coach Dayball sealed the, sealed the end of the perfect day, really. Um, we all predicted a Giants win um, and with both Kevin Craig's bowl predictions coming in as well, it was a great weekend all around. So obviously Kev predicted that we'd score over 30 points uh, and Craig predicted... I was very close to my D-line prediction as well. D-line getting intercepted. so close to that um, Thibodeau um, <laughs> almost so interception. It was so close. He, I mean, it hit him like right in the numbers, right in the chest and I don't think he quite reacted quick enough but... You were so close with that double there. You should have put money on that. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, Craig pick, um, went for a, a pick six. He said it was going to be Julian Love. Obviously, it ended up being Landon Collins, but it was a pick six nonetheless. We'll take it. And it just, that really fired the crowd up. That really got the crowd going. And I think that sort of set the tone for the rest of the game. And Indy just had no chance of coming back after that. Uh, Craig, big blue breakdown. Over to you, buddy. Yep, so the Giants finished 5-0 and against the FC, defeating all four teams, the FC South and then the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, first perfect record in inter-conference games for the Giants since they were 4-0 in 2011. Uh, the Giants have now scored 349 points and allowed 349 points. Uh, the last team with a zero-point differential after 16 games was the 2014 Chargers, who scored and allowed 348 points. So <laughs> very, very close. Jones led the Giants with 91 rushing yards versus Indy, followed by Breeder with 59, Saquon with 58. First game in which the Giants had three rushes with at least 55 yards since November 2010, when Brandon Jacobs, Danny Ware and Ahmad Broadshaw uh, with a trio uh, in a victory in Seattle. The Giants now have at least one rushing touchdown in an NFL high 15 games this season. That includes one in each of the last 14 games, the NFL's longest streak. Dallas are second with 12. And it's also the longest streak in Giants history. Barkley has now increased his rushing total to 1,312 yards. It's a new career high for the fifth-year running back. Jones' 12, 12 career rushing touchdowns are now the most by a Giants quarterback since 1950. He was tied with Frank Tarkerton. Ironically, Jones is now... Um, along with Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, the only quarterbacks with a 300-yard passing game and a 100-yard rushing game in the season. 
And that is it. Winner. I will just add as well. Um, I know I'm going to talk about Dan Jones coming up in a second, but Dan Jones had the highest quarterback rating of any quarterback in any single game this season. Oh, it was immense, wasn't he? You can see what an absolute weapon he is. Like, you know, you can see this gave us a little glimpse of how they want to use him. Like, not only is he accurate in the passing game, but he's able to pick up the yards with his legs. You know, he does need to slide a little bit more, um, you know, but he's managed those were two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. I mean, like, it was just awesome to see. And this is the player that we hoped you we were getting. Yeah, man. Uh, I think the offensive line in front of him was absolutely solid at the weekend. Um, probably had the best game of the season. I mean, Indy's defence isn't particularly great, I know, but our offensive line was uh, was pretty stellar. Um, gave Daniel Jones pretty a lot of time in the pocket um, to deliver the football pretty much mostly untouched. Um, Jones is only pressured seven times in the game, five hurries and two QB hits. Um, and Andrew Thomas, lo and behold, gives up none. Um, Thomas is just ridiculously good. We all know how good he is, but the whole line played really well. Um, I think uh, Nick Gates gave up two pressures and two hurries um, and he uh, conceded a penalty as well, but all the rest giving up one like a single pressure each. I think Evan Neal had a probably his best game in blue. Um, just all across the line, the offensive line played. Is that two of the last three games with zero sacks? Yes, yeah, it is. And even and even like the other game was like one, was it or something? It wasn't like like the offensive line is, is outplaying what we thought they were capable of. Yeah, they've they over the last few weeks. Even I think even last week against Minnesota, obviously we lost the game, but. The O-line played ridiculously well last week as well. So, yeah, I think one sack in the last three games we've given up. Um, so what was sort of shaky and up and down over the season, they're coming good at the right time. They're coming good when it when it when when they need to, when it's meaningful football, when we're going into January and looking at the playoffs, that's when your offensive line needs to come together. And in uh, touch wood, injury-free at the moment. So... You know, it's all positive. Um, and talking about Daniel Jones, he was my player of the game. Um, just what more can we say about him? You know, played part in all four of the Giants' offensive touchdowns, finished the game 177 yards, passing two touchdowns, one to Richie James, one to Isaiah Hodgins, 91 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, passer rating of 125.2. Like I said, the highest passer rating of any quarterback in any single game this season. Every, deserved that standing ovation. Um, from everyone in the stadium when he was um, in the fourth quarter. You know, week by week as well, he's uh, he's been sort of a bit up and down. Um, but over the last four weeks, he's ranked fifth, fourth, twelfth, and then overall first um, in quarterback rating in the league. So these last sort of this last month or so, he's really sort of shone and he's now ninth in the league in terms of quarterback rating. So he's in the top 10. Um Sorry, but he's he's earned his, he's earned his new contract, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like he's like like I said before. I know I'm gushing about him a bit, but just like he's got all the attributes, including the smarts, and he's really taken this offense. Now you can see he's under full command of this offense. I mean, there was one throw. Um, Daniel Bellinger it was a bit of play action. I think Daniel Bellinger was like lined up as a fullback, play action, and then he he threw it just over the defender on the sideline, and and from the from the TV angle, I was like. Well, that's that's not that's a, that's a bad throw because 
you should have led him down the field. Um, like Bellinger had to like sort of almost stop to get the ball. And it wasn't until I seen the all 22 from behind that if he hadn't let him down, the, the safety was right there to either make a play on the ball or to crash Bellinger. So he, he actually threw it perfectly where only Daniel Bellinger could get the ball and then make a bit of forward, forward progress. So, I mean, he's just making smart decisions. Yeah, he lined up as fullback in that, and he said there was that sort of wheel route sort of on play action, wasn't it? Yeah, if he, the, the, he's Bellinger was the only player that could make a play on that ball, like you said, um, and it was just pinpoint. It was accurate as where it needed to be, and throughout the whole game, you know, he was he was so accurate with with, um, with the ball, and I think you know he's 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 earned his, he's on his new contract. No matter what the haters say, they can say what they like. He's he's going to be back in blue next season. I'm just uh, interested to hear Shane's opinion, seeing as he was uh, Mr. No last time. I think he was on when the question was asked. So uh, over to you, man. No comment. Moving on to the <laughs> next topic. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you. Um, my, my honest opinion of him is. Like you know, he's done. He's done really well. He's done really well recently. Um, and you know, you got to credit where credit's due. I'm not gonna like slate him and try and find every small opportunity to to, to knock him. Um, I said he wouldn't be back next year along with Barkley a few weeks ago, and I stood by that at the time. And they've kind of proved me wrong. The one thing I will say is I am going to be curious as to what deal he actually gets. Um, you know, I'm still. I, I still don't want to give him like a five-year Kyler Murray kind of money or anything like that. You know, I don't want to give him a ridiculously long contract that's, you know, I, I don't, Kevin Oldmore's a bit, Kevin more than me about how the contracts fully work, but basically I just don't want to like sell the field for him. I, I don't think he's worth selling the field for. Now, the, the kind of thing I'm thinking is three-year extension, 28 a year, 30. I don't know if that's too. I don't know if that's too much, but that's that's the kind of ballpark I mean, um, in regards to him. So you know, that credit where credit's due. He's played really well, especially over the last few weeks. And I'd probably argue I thought Minnesota game last week was probably the best game I'd seen him play because it was a game where, you know, he, he had to elevate the, the talent around him. Um, you know, I'm not knocking what he did the weekend or the or the, the victory, but I've, I have got to say the Colts are tanked. The Colts had no interest in that. As good as our old line was, I, I, didn't, I, I just don't think the Colts had any interest whatsoever. And, you know, they're one of the worst teams I've probably seen this season. But, you know, he's he, like you've said, he, he's um, he's earned his right to come to come back. Hopefully he does come back. And look, as I say, you know, kind of a three-year, 30 million in and around that range is what I'd, I'd be happy with. I mean, you might get the four years, um, but then if you've got an option to get out after two, maybe. So, you know... I know something like 120 over four, but 60 guaranteed. You know that type of deal. Yeah, I think I think you, you don't want to if you, if you're Joe Shane, you're not going to want to pay him much more than that. And the thing is, with, with Shane as well, he's smart. He's not he's not going to overpay, is he? Let's face it. I don't think so. I think I think it'll be I think it'll be a deal that we'll all sit sit up down and talk about and be like, do you know what? That was pretty fair for both sides. Yeah, I can't. I can't say. I see it being a, like you said, a, a Kyler Murray deal where it's it's a stupid amount of money over a long period of time. But at the same time, I can't see it being a deal where it doesn't make sense. It's it's going to be it's going to be a, a contract that makes sense, and it, it like you said, it is fair for both parties. Um, Kev, your standout 
performance, your key to the win, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought, as Shima said, right, they're not the greatest team. They're playing, like, Nick Foles, and then they're playing Erlinger because, you know, you know, Nick Foles got injured in this game. But they're still an NFL team with NFL players who are playing for contracts and playing to put good tape out there for other teams <clears throat> or to come back next season. So, so yes, they're not good, and, and they are sort of tanking the season, but there's still good players out there. Um, I mean, they rushed for 128 yards, which was decent for them, to be fair. But um, they only scored 10 points. They made 25 passes, completed 17 of them for 141 yards. Um, their second lowest output of the season. Uh, defensive backs played tight in coverage the whole game. Um, and they were all rewarded with their pick six from Landon Collins, which was just an absolute beautiful um, read and instinctual just, you know, break on the ball and go and take it back for six. Um, so, like, so the defense is playing better. We're getting pressures. And, um, I mean, Ojolari didn't play that much in this game. I think only had a few snaps. But, you know, he's one that I want to have fully fit for the um, postseason. I mean, and, like, talking about defense, leading on to it, like, Kayvon Thibodeau was my player of the game. I mean, uh, Thibodeau got loads. I know, like, we love him. He's, he's showing now what the player we drafted five overall is. I mean, um, the first play of the game, uh, first defensive play of the game, you know, he set the tone with the tackle for losses, Zach Moss. And finished with what, a sack, a pass batted down that was almost interception that we talked about. But I did predict I was like, I think one of the big guys up front will get a will get an interception. Um, you know, a QB hit and five tackles. Um, he's just been a fantastic player and a great addition to this team. Um, and yeah, okay, the talk, let's talk about the sack celebration. Look, he made a great play and absolutely lit up the QB, and that's what pass rushers do now. He celebrates now. If you if you if someone makes a big tackle or, or a sack or and you're not anywhere near the player, people celebrate all the time. It just looks it doesn't look great when the player is injured and lying right next to you, like you know. But I don't think there's any mass. I don't think he knew about uh, Foles' injury until Julian Love was picking him up off the ground. So um, I think he's been a bit unfairly um, criticised stuff in the press the last couple of days. Um, you know, we've seen players taunting a lot worse than, than what he was doing. So, I mean, he just laid where he was and, you know, made the old snow angels on the grass. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's just, just, he just, he just, he just gets better and better and more consistent. And uh, I think he's going to be a, a key member of this defence for many years to come. I was, um, I was listening to Talking Giants, uh, Justin and, uh, and Bobby, and I th- they made a, a very good point in the fact that the, you're right, the, the, the celebration isn't, isn't, you know, loud or brash. It was what it was. The thing that made them laugh, and now looking back on it, it makes me laugh, is that they counted 10 snow angels. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't laugh, but... <laughs> it went on for so long, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, like say, for example, if it got up and, you know, stepped over him or lunged over him or it was in his face, I mean, that's unacceptable. But he was completely unaware yeah, I think the 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 only way he was going to be aware that Foles was hurt is if Foles was laying there on the floor screaming out in agony. But then, even still, with him that close in that stadium with that noise, he probably he probably wouldn't have heard him anyway. So, I think he's he's getting a lot of heat and he doesn't deserve it. To move to move on quickly, I mean, like how good was the stadium that night? I mean, like, the crowd were fantastic, weren't they? Jumping on it. 
Oh, mate, you know, you're worried about, like, for years we've been worried about us selling, you know, the fans selling tickets to the rivals, you know, and sometimes it looking like at nearly 50-50 uh, um, attendance from, from both fans. And I don't know, it just, it just you know, it just shows what uh, Sheehan and Babel are bringing to this um, club. And, you know, I, I'm just so pleased to see it. Thinking back as well, think about obviously, you know, whether, you know, the TV cameras pan out to the crowd and everything. I don't remember seeing a Colts jersey in the stands. Mm. I mean, it's obviously going to be fairly difficult to determine between the two because our colours are very similar, but I don't remember seeing a Colts jersey in the stands. I mentioned it on Sunday. Um, all, all four of us watched the game virtually together. Um and I mentioned it to you guys, and I'm, I'm sure, like, obviously, Dan and Kev have seen it before. Craig, I don't know about you, but I said, like, it's the first time I've ever seen MetLife like that whilst I've been supporting the Giants. Because, look, you know, I've only ever seen losing seasons. I'm used to seeing a half-empty MetLife. I'm not used to seeing the, the fans, you know, as pumped as what that was. And it was absolutely, like, fantastic to watch. Because it's the one thing that kind of, little, like, kind of annoys me. I, look, I see some fan bases and like you know the fans are like making noise and it's packed to the the roof and everything. And I've never seen it with MetLife because obviously we've not had the success. Which you know you can argue, yeah, you can understand with the cost of the the, the tickets and everything. But yeah, like you know, Sunday it was just great to see for my first time personally. Um, and it was one of them where you know probably for the first ever time I was like, damn, I wish I was there. That would have been awesome. Uh, it would have been so sweet to be there, wouldn't it? Well, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the first time in a while that I've seen the crowd that pumped up and that loud. Um, you know, and and winning does that. Winning does that to your fans. And, you know, think back to this time last year, week 18, the last game of the season, and it was just... I, I, the stands were empty. So, fast forward a year, week 17, final home game of the season, and... It's absolutely full and it's jumping and it's buzzing and Lawrence Taylor's there ringing the bell and uh, getting the crowd even more hyped up. So unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, Shane, your key area of the, the game, keys to the win, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so for me, it's probably the uh, the receivers. Uh, DJ targeted just six players. But you know they all sort of played their their part and their contribution. Uh, Richard James, Hodgins, and Bellinger um, had important first downs, and they had a combined nineteen receptions for one hundred and seventy seven yards. Um, so you know they were averaging nine point three per reception. And my player of the game is another player who I've kind of slated in the past, and I think we've all probably like kind of said he's not not good enough and not been good enough. And that was Richard James. Um, he had a Poor drop last week against Minnesota, but I thought he had a really, really good bounce-back game this week. He was targeted seven times, didn't drop the ball once, brought in all seven of them and um, got the got a, a touchdown as well. And, you know, if, I think if you look at Richard James, when we first game of the season, we he was involved a lot more than we anticipated. I think he had about 53, 56 yards for receiving um, in that Tennessee opener. And, you know, he, he dropped off in the middle, but then, like, he's kind of begged back over the last few weeks, got a few more yards. But poor drop last week, but, you know, kind of put them to bed this week. And he he, he does seem like a little bit of a safety blanket for, for DJ. You know, he has these drops, but DJ still keeps targeting him, whether that's because he's got the trust and he, see what he sees what he does in training and knows that he's got it in his locker or not, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I thought, you know, guy who's been slated in the past for, you know, 
muffing punts, dropping balls was due a, a little bit of a shout out this week. Yeah, man, he's second in the team in terms of receiving yards behind Slayton. So, yeah, he deserves all the credit because he had a great game and obviously he scored the go-ahead touchdown, which essentially, you know, there was no way back for the Colts after that. Yeah, he had a great game, um, I thought. Um, I think, I think all, like you said, all the receivers had a had a really solid game. Um, I think Jones was, what, 17 or 22? No, 19 or 24, sorry. Um, so there's only five incomplete passes and I think two of them, or three of them might have been where he threw the ball away. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think any of the receivers had a had a an actual recorded drop. Um, I think they were all uncatchable, you know, outside of the numbers. So, you know, all in all, the receivers had a pretty good game. Um, and so it's it's. I mean, yeah, again, it's against Indy, and Indy weren't great, and they're probably at the point where they're going to be what number two, number three pick maybe in the draft, and. Yeah, they're they're tanking for that high draft pick, but you know, at the end of the day, they're all professional football players, and they they are of a certain quality, like Kev said. So, you know, it's, it's no game is an easy game, um, and that it comes down to coaching really, and that ties in nicely with your your area, Craig, that you're going to talk about. Yeah, mine's not so much a key to the game, but really something that just deserves a spotlight being shined on because of the fact that we are now in the playoffs, and you know. One of the massive reasons we are in the playoffs is down to uh, head coach, general manager, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. And, you know, although there wasn't anything, like I said, that stood out as being amazing, it's, it's an accumulation across across the season. You know, Dable and Shane have transformed this franchise from a laughing stock that decided to do quarterback sneaks near their own goal line last season to one that's now a hungry team with journeymen, rookies, you know, mismanaged stars like Jones, who really hasn't been utilised to the best of his ability. And for a team that was earmarked as being a rebuilding team, we're now in the playoffs. And I saw something on Facebook that that wound me up a little bit um, the other day where there was a Kansas City fan page that said, oh, not bad for a rebuilding team. It's like, that's, that's, not, real, that's not a rebuilding team. This is a rebuilding team. This is a team that you know doesn't have a, an MVP candidate quarterback that's going to be nominated every year. They don't have Travis Kelsey, arguably one of the greatest tight ends of modern history, if not ever. Like that's not a rebuilding team. This is a rebuilding team. And one thing I want to add is massive shout out for Dave's for putting Jones in for those two plays and then pulling him out. Because I just think that was that class. It is. It's just a touch of class from the man to think. You know what? That man deserves a standing ovation for what he's done this season, and just to do that just showed what he's like. And then he gave him this the sexiest look, didn't he? And then he gives Dan Jones that look like you'd hope off anyone, wouldn't you? It's like. It, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a true bromance there, isn't there? And then, yeah, just to round off my player of the game, I, t- I had Landon Collins. I mean, as Kev said, Collins cut in front of the Nick Foles, Nick Foles pass intended for Paris Campbell, returned it to the house. Giants' first pick six of the season. Um, ironically, it did bring back memories of that 2016 pick six that we all saw live at, at Twickenham. Um, and it's hard to forget that Collins, he's had a rough few years uh, with the commanders, and he's twenty eight. Like he's not old. He's not old by any means. 
No, and he, he, but he's got that veteran experience. I think it would not surprise me if if we can find a deal for him to bring him back. It's definitely something we should look into. I think again, maybe not nothing long term, but a nice one or two year deal. You know, if he, he's embraced this sort of like pseudo linebacker safety hybrid type position. He'll be remembered for the pick six, but let's not forget he was targeted twice. Didn't allow a single reception. He's been very solid in coverage this this year, um, and you know he's he's been a valuable asset. He he played for a couple of games when he was first put onto the practice squad. We didn't see him for a few weeks, and since then he's he's been signed up and and he's been a, a solid addition. And long may it continue through the the playoffs. Yeah, man. I think I mean it had to be him, didn't it? Really, that you know come full circle. You know, coming from Washington this year and. You know, being on the practice squad for a few weeks and then being promoted for a couple of games and dropping back to the practice squad and last home game of the season, he's promoted and he's he's activated into the into the main fifty three and and he gets the pick six and I was just about to say that, like he's earned all of this. Like, as in like, you know, he was a street free agent, he came on, went on the practice squad, you know, paid his dues this season, you know. It took him a while to get onto the actual, you know, proper roster and stuff. It wasn't just given to him, and he's, you know, he's rewarded the the club with um, some good performances. Yeah, man, I think he's fully deserving of of being in the squad, and you know, he brings that veteran playoff experience to the team that we need um, for in two weeks' time. And I think he's he's definitely earned his spot on the roster. Um, so yeah, coming up this week, though. Um, there's no pressure on this week, really, is there? Uh, it's the Eagles game. Um, you know, we met in week 14. We won't talk about that game because it was shocking. Um, but since then, they've narrowly beat Chicago and they've now lost two straight to uh, Dallas and the Saints as well. Admittedly, they've been in without with Jalen Hurts. Um, but he's probably going to be rushed back for this game because this game is is really a crunch game for them. Um, they need to win against the Giants on Sunday, and you know we can uh, we can sit back and relax and maybe enjoy the game. You know, depending on how it goes, really. Uh, big blue opposition, Craig. Yeah, the big blue opposition again. <laughs> seeing, <as> we, <laughs> yeah. seeing them again. Um, so yeah, as, as Dan said, the thirteen and three Eagles have just come off a deflating loss to the Saints, twenty to ten, and now have to win this game to ensure they lock up the number one seed in the NFC. Um, they could have three key players back this week. Jalen Hurts will likely return, seeing as you know they don't really have a choice. But it's unlikely we'll know the status of Josh Sweat, who uh, came out of the game against the Saints, and CJ Gardner Johnson, who's been out a few weeks with a lacerated kidney until closer to the game. Um, Giants opened up as thirteen point five point underdogs, and the underovers at forty point five. Um, admittedly, there's no pressure on the Giants because the number six seed in the playoffs can be sewn up. But you know the players might want revenge for the 48-22 loss four weeks ago. Um, but all the pressure is is on the Eagles with you know the Cowboys and the 49ers both breathing down their neck. Um, this could be, you know, we we could upset some people, upset Philadelphia. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you know, if they start to slip up now, they've lost a couple of games. You know. It doesn't take long for like momentum to go the other way, and you start doubting yourself, and you're not playing well. And, um, and you never know. I mean, like for us, we could go out with the the um, 
the beauty of, do you know what? We're, we're nailed into that sixth position. We can't go anywhere, win or lose. You know, we, we've, if, if we choose to, we can play some starters and pull them early, depending on how the game's going. Um, if we're if, if we're in a chance to beat them, we could keep them on, you know, and you know, um, twist the knife a little bit in them. Just uh, so really, we're okay. We've got you know, you know, our our house is in order. We know where we're going to be. There's there's so many ways this game can go at the weekend. You know, there's so many people out there saying, you know, are we going to play um, full strength? Are we going to rest starters? Uh, we're going to go sort of first quarter and then pull the starters after the first quarter. Personally, you know, this is a question for all of you guys. Um, but personally, what, why, why rest starters when one thing we need going into the playoffs is momentum? So, do we rest starters? Do we rest them? Do we sit them? What, what do we do? Um, for me, I can understand the argument as to why people might want to Brahman and no. Um, like you know, you've got a little bit of momentum. We're potentially going to be facing. We're going to be facing two very good teams either way, um, either in Minnesota or San Fran. Um, so you know why, why sort of get a little bit of rust that you don't potentially need. Let's keep the momentum going. Let's keep players' legs churning. Now, if it starts to get a little bit of a blowout like the previous game, I'd probably hook them earlier than what we did the first time around against Philly. You know, if we're twenty-eight-three down or something ridiculous, yeah. Hook them, whatever. Once we're about three scores down, I'm fine with hooking them. But to begin with, I'm in the uh, keep the starters out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm very much to like, you know, we're on a good good roll now. Keep momentum, keep the rhythm going. I maybe wouldn't risk people who are carrying some knocks, like, say, for example, Ojolari, Leo, Big Cat. Um, those type of players, like um, even Adori, I might give him a couple of... Couple of uh, snaps and that's it, really. Like, but anyone who's fully go, yeah, I'll definitely play and go out and try and win this game. You know, although we're in a good position, like I just said, it's still divisional rival. Like, you know, if we, if we have a chance to turn the screw and actually, you know, get a win, you know, we got to go for it. Like, but be, be sensible about it. That's it. Yeah, hundred percent. And momentum and winning, you know, winning breeds winning, uh, and I think that's something that we've had uh, in spits and spurts throughout the season. We've had little, little kind of bursts of it but to get another win here potentially would hold us in really good stead going into the playoffs and you know against what's likely to be a Minnesota team that look beatable yeah I mean let's number one thing is let's go to Philadelphia and get the win because who doesn't want to go to Philadelphia and get the win it's a divisional rival you've got to go you've got to you've got to play to win um Grant, yeah, I completely agree. Like, sit um, Big Cat, sit um, Aziz. Adore, like you said, give him a few snaps, um, but don't risk um, don't risk them guys and get, get allow them to have a bit of rest. But the rest of them, get them out, the, get them out on the field because what have you got to lose by putting them out on the field? Um, yeah, obviously, you run the risk of injury. Yeah, but at the same time, it's the National Football League, you know. You go, you, you play to win. You go out to win, and you know we 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 we. It's quite funny. We we have Philadelphia's destiny in our hands, essentially. Um. Obviously, if if we if we win the game, and then San Francisco win their game against Arizona, San Francisco potentially going to the number one seed. Um, funnily enough, as well, if. Both San Francisco and Dallas win. 
Um, and Philadelphia lose, Philly can actually drop to number three seed. Because Dallas hold the Dallas hold the um, division records. They they got a better division record than Philadelphia. Dallas would take over from Philly in the division. So Dallas will win the, the division. Dallas won the division. No, Philly can't fall to the three seed. Philly can go to number five. Sorry. Um, and yeah, so they yeah because division winner is in there one to four. Dallas can win the oh, division. Imagine them going from first with a bye to fifth oh. in the wild card road team. <laughs> That's the thing. We, we we've got so much influence. We can really turn the screw and like like they did with us before, you know. So, yeah, go for it. Obviously, we don't like either team, but who would you rather win that division? If I had to choose Dallas, just for the circumstances that we'd be talking about, like just because I think Dallas are the worst team, we would have beat the Eagles, and yeah, it would like it would just be funny. <laughs> Absolutely, it would be hilarious. <laughs> I think the thing is with like Dallas, that Dallas are like very America's team and in, in your face, and you just yeah. kind of accept it because that's just what Dallas are like. Whereas Philly do sweet FA, win a Super Bowl, and they're the greatest team on earth all of a sudden. And that pisses me off more than what it does with Dallas sort of being in your face because it's like every year, it's our year, and then it blows up, so you know what's going to happen. Whereas exactly. Philly, there's that constant cycle, isn't there? Yeah, but Philly don't. Philly just have this arrogance. And I'm like, genuinely, where have you got it from? Like, you've won one Super Bowl. Where where have you got this yeah. arrogance from? There's nothing like uh, hearing Stephen A. How about them Cowboys? Yeah. <laughs> it's just I I prefer I prefer to watch the Eagles lose than I do Dallas. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I like watching Dallas lose as well, but <laughs> I think we still old Philly one. Exactly. Yeah. From a few yeah. years ago with the Washington game when Washington got in the playoffs over us. We still owe Philly one as well. Exactly. This is why I want to turn the screw and really fuck them up. Because <laughs> they deserve it. Because they're, they're Philly. Or should we call them filthy? Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that could be interesting. We win. Dallas win. Dallas overtake them in the division and uh, win the division. And uh, San Francisco end up being number one seed. So if they drop down to five, who would they play? Uh, they would play. They would play Tampa Bay. Yeah, because Tampa number four. Um, pretty much guaranteed number. Four. Yeah, they're guaranteed number four, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. So yeah, if if Philly lost, um, it then comes down to, I suppose San Francisco, Minnesota, or the Cowboys as number one. It would all be. It would all go by head to heads and everything else like that. There's still so much to play for in the NFC, uh, in the playoff race. And I think we we could have so much influence in that. We really could. You know, we we we're locked in. We know that for sure. But that we could. We still hold. We hold so many cards in our hand. We could change so much. If you coach Dable, why do you not go for the win? Yeah, just to mess things up. I feel like I feel like he he has already kind of put that across as well when he was asked about the playoffs um, yesterday. I think it was he said, "I'm just focused on Philly," and I think that's the mentality of the man is that he's not one to look ahead to the future. He deals very much cut from the Belichick cloth, isn't he? And and he worked with Belichick at, at the Patriots in the terms of we're on to next week. Yeah. So do do we try and get that revenge win at any cost? Um, 
not at any cost. I think we have to play it smart, as we've kind of discussed in this little chat. Um, you know, play it smart, go out there, obviously go try and win the game, but 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 have a game plan for if things like Shane says get out of hand or a couple of scores down, it's like, okay, let's pull pull things back, you know, let's start getting um the starters ready for the week after. Build momentum, keep that momentum going, keep that snowball going, you know, because you look what happened in, in 07, you know, we, we go out in, against the Patriots in week 17. Yes, we lose the game. Was it 38-35 in week uh, at, in Foxborough as well? Was it in Foxborough or was it at Giant Stadium? It was Giant Stadium, wasn't it? It was Giant Stadium, yeah, yeah, yeah we were home. Yeah. So we, lo- we lost the game by three points, but we had so we put up in such a good performance that in that game, we were so close to being the only team to beat the Patriots in the in in the regular season that year. Um, the, the momentum from that win, uh, from that loss, sorry, the momentum from that loss, even though we lost the game, it carried over into the postseason, and that's what helped us on the way and on the road to victory. Because let's, we were number five seed. We went a wild card. We went all for, all through the playoffs on the road in Tampa Bay, in Dallas, in Green Bay, and we won all three games and ended up winning the Super Bowl. Um, and beating the undefeated Patriots. So momentum's huge. And uh, we could really go after this weekend, we could really sort of build momentum and, and, and move into wildcard weekend. And like we said, do, do you risk, I know we said about um, Dory Jackson as well, um, him coming back from injury. Do you put him in a few snaps or do you just sit him all together? Do you just get, give him an extra week's rest? No, I'd, I'd get him in for a few just to get, like, again, just shake some rust off, see how he's looking. Obviously, depending on how this week's practice goes as well. But, you know, if he's fit enough to dress, he's fit enough to play. Um, and, you know, he, he'll be going up against some really good receivers as well, just to shake that rust off, ready to face potentially Jefferson the week after. Oh, what is the match of that'll be? Yeah. So just going off that, the, um, the not practising today, uh, list came out earlier um, and Big Cat with a neck injury, uh, Aziz ankle. Feliciano's listed with a back injury, um, who is not practising. Uh, and Sexy Dexy's allowed a little rest because he's all danced out. <laughs> uh, Adori was limited, but did practice. Um, and McKinney was a full participant. So, you know, that's a, we're getting healthy at the right time here. We absolutely are getting healthy at the right time, and that's such a key thing. I mean, like you said, Hertz is coming off an injury, and in an ideal world, they weren't playing this weekend. Is it his throwing, throwing arm? Uh, don't know. Is he? He's right, right-handed because uh, two is the only left-handed, isn't he? Yeah, for him to be yeah right shoulder for him to be out for two games, and really, he he shouldn't really be playing this weekend unless he's fully fit, a hundred percent. If they had this wrapped up, he wouldn't be out there. No, correct. No. Yeah, and th- that go. I think this really goes to show that Philly didn't want to play him. The Philly didn't want to have to play him this weekend. But without him, they're a completely different team. He he is that team. I mean, he is cementing himself as like an MVP candidate. We showing that uh... he is the, the one. You know, if you look across the league. The most valuable player to his team is, you know, you've got him. Who else? Mahomes? Yes, but Mahomes couldn't do it without Travis Kelsey. You know, Lamar Jackson, he's not been, you know, he's he's had a few injury issues this year, I know. 
Um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen wouldn't be Josh Allen without Stephon Diggs, right? Exactly. So, really, he he is the most valuable player to his team in the league. And so, without without him, Philly would be a completely different team. And we've seen that over the last two weeks. Um, they were they weren't they weren't great against the Saints um, this weekend. And obviously, the last weekend they they what was it forty to thirty four? They lost against the Eagle, uh, the Cowboys. So, you know, I think them having to play Jalen Hurts this week is a week earlier than they wanted to have to play him. Now, I think if our defensive line can get to him and take him down, not hoping that anyone gets injured. But put some pressure on the quarterback, force him into mistakes, because he's going to be he's going to be nursing that shoulder, and he's not he's not he's yeah I don't you know you wouldn't don't wish any injuries upon anyone, but I think bring bring the house on Jalen Hurts and and really put the pressure on him, and uh, Mr Thibodeau and uh, Sexy Dexy uh, get get to get to him. Because I think typical. maybe have a look over at him before you start doing your uh, snow angels. Yeah, don't do some snow angels right next to him. But uh... just mentioning sexy Dexy, I do feel like we've done him a bit of disservice not talking about how he absolutely decimated the highest paid guard in the NFL. Oh um, my good lord! Who just happens? Who just happens to be from Notre Dame? Just want to get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> no need for that now. <laughs> how do we not mention that? What a play that was. He treated him like a child. Yeah. The thing was, his technique was so good because, like, he extended the arm into his plate, his chest plate, pushed him all the way back, freeing up his right arm to pull down the QB as well. Yeah. It was and such a good thing. Nelson just didn't have the time to react, did he? Because he was on him no, so no. quick. Sorry, for a, Yeah. Sorry for a guy. No, absolutely fair play. Like, how do we not even mention that? But he was the, for the size of the guy. His his reaction to that ball snap was so quick that he was just in Nelson's face straight away, and he didn't. He, he was caught, and he just went back and back and back, and then end up landing on Sam Ellinger. Um, yeah, amazing play. Um, and he's just, this has been Dex Lawrence's breakout season, and he's he's had a he's had a, he's had a great year, and I think. Um, the, the defensive coaches have, have been key to that and I think they've really brought the best out in him. Yeah, I think I think the key to me, it's like I feel like he's playing his position where he should have been playing the whole time. I feel like, you know, he, he did okay under Patrick Graham. We talked Wink's gone. Look at the size he at. I'm not having you play end in a three four. We'll have you more playing at the nose position. Um <clears throat> or like D tackle when we line up with foot four on the D line. So I I I think we've just played him where he should have been played from day one. 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, like, he's got the size, he's got speed, he's got the hand technique now. I mean, he's just such a great player. And um, he just dominates any centre or guard he plays against. Yeah, I do want, I do definitely decide I do want a Dex Lawrence jersey. That's going to be one <laughs> to add to my collection. The, the guy's unreal. And he's, what, year four? So he's 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 coming towards the peak of his career. And if he's, if he's this good in year four, then he's got a fifth-year option next year, and I wouldn't be surprised if we tied him down to a long-term deal in this offseason. No, we need to, and I, I think that's probably one of, with with Barkley and uh, 
um, with Barkley and Jones as well. I think that's probably high on uh, Joe Shane's priority list, that's for sure. All right, then. So this weekend, obviously, you've got the Eagles coming up. Uh, it's bold prediction time. Uh, my bold prediction is cut, it's fairly simple. Fairly, I say fairly simple. It's not any anything spectacular. It's just that we get more sacks than Philadelphia do because we're going to bring the house on Jalen Hurts, right? Oh, yeah. With Wink Martindale's defense. Yeah, even though Philly lead the league in sacks, we're going to get more than them this weekend. That's my bold prediction. Uh, Kev, bold prediction for uh, you. Bold prediction is an Adoree Jackson interception. Ooh, nice. I think I think you'll see some snaps, like Sheen said, get that rust off. You'll play, you'll start, you'll start, like, or you'll play early. And I just think one will come to them. I like that. Shane? Um, I'll kind of teeter between bold and realistic, and I like going for unrealistic in all fairness. So my predictions, because there's more than one here, is Slay, Hodge, and James combined for over 250 yards and a touchdown each. Ooh. I've got DJ passing for over 350 and rushing for over 110. What? Damn, <laughs> fair play to you, man. Slay, Hodgins and Richie James over 250. Yeah, combined. And then DJ over 350 passing and 110 rushing. Yeah, and they all, all three receivers get a touchdown each as well. Hey, Mate, told, is, we uh... all feel he won. We all feel he won. We do. DJ Olsen won as well from that triple then a couple of years ago. So today's well, this weekend's the game. I mean, mine seems I like that. Oh, imagine that came off. Significant compared to that. What could I say? I'm a DJ. I'm a DJ believer now. <laughs> he's, he's converted. converted. Like, Hallelujah! Maybe, he's converted. You started up the Birmingham DJ fan club. I ain't from Birmingham, right? Get that right. Oh, sorry. My apologies. <laughs> what odds did you get on that? That's uh, I'm going to have a look. That's worth a look. Yeah. I will be having a cheeky note. I mean, I will. I will say, I, was, I did send in the group chat the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it. Bet three six five are offering eighty to one to for the Giants to win the Super Bowl. It's worth a pop. It's worth a fiver. Got to be eighties. They had the Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars at fifty to one. Yeah, I mean they they seem to have turned it around a bit, haven't they? Come on though. Come on. Are, are the Jags even going to be in the playoffs? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, think I, think so. I think they were within a shout, and I think they they hold the, their own destiny. Oh yeah, they're in in they're leading the AFC South, aren't they? Yeah, okay. Um, can I go even more unrealistic in my bold prediction? Oh, please do. Go on then. Kickoff or punt return touchdown? Never. Oh, we are due one. <laughs> we are, aren't we? And pick six. Oh, it'll probably come in this type of game where like. Yeah, do we like doesn't affect us or anything? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, like, so essentially, a special teams touchdown, yeah. Yes, yeah, special teams touchdown. Nice. Oh, I'd love to... come on, our mate Gary. Imagine if he took one back. Oh man, I think he's he's I think he's top ten in the league in return yards, in punt return yards. Brightwell jerseys, if he does. <laughs> <laughs> Get the quad. Order them. Put a bulk uh, order in the DHQ. Yeah, or just say, "Ah, uh, mate, Gary." Oh my god! <laughs> with his number in the back, that'd be epic. All right then. Okay, so that's some uh, that's some crazy bold predictions there. I think mine and yours, Kev, are a bit sort of like. Bit I tame. know, I know. I was like, I thought I was throwing out some some craziness there, but uh, obviously not. Do we need to rethink ours? 
don't know. I will say next week might get me locked up because next week's prediction, I've already got it planned. I've had it planned for a few weeks now. Is teetering oh. on the unrealistic. Like if this if this is unrealistic, the next one's going to be like a parallel. <laughs> tune in for next week, Jesus. Yes, tune in. To, tune in for next week to find out what that is. All right. So uh, game predictions. Then I mean, Craig will start off with you. Will work reverse back and work back. Work our way back. I I'm really struggling this week because. I do think the Eagles beat us. I feel like it's just, something could go off in this game, like, and we could just literally just see touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, especially if starters get pulled. Um, I'm going to go with a 34 to 30 win for Philly. You think we score over 30 again? Yeah. All right. 34 30. Uh, Shane, game prediction. Um, I had already Rick Mind there. Uh, I'm going to go 34-27 to the playoff-bound New York football giants. Shut the front door, Shane. Told you, man. We all feel it. I'm telling you, I'm going to... Like Kev keep dying on that lid of getting 30 points, I'm dying on the hill. We all feel it. Nice. Love it. So you're now Mr. Optimistic all of a sudden. (laughs) DJ's got me believing. I'm a believer. All right. I mean, I like that prediction. Uh, Kev? I am going 28-24, Giants win, game ends on a Giants interception. Because they can't go for the three points. They have to go for the touchdown, Philly, and they throw an interception to finish the game. That would be so sweet. That would be really good. You like that? I like that, yeah. That's, I mean, it's this game's so hard to call, isn't it, because of, you know, the... Well, obviously, Philly needs to win. Us not needing to win, but uh, you know, who knows what which way it's going to go with regards to are we going to play starters? Are we not going to play starters? There's so many. Obviously, it's Philadelphia. They they got you know the currently number one seed in the NFC. Um, they got the league's best defense in terms of yards per game allowed, passing yards allowed. This result is really insignificant for us, um, but it's so important for them. But it's, it's, I say it's in, insignificant. It's still important for us heading into the playoffs and having that momentum. Like I said, it's, you know, I, I believe we'll go with the starters to start the game. Um, at some point, I do think they will be pulled. When they get pulled, I don't know. Um, if we're, if we're very, if the game's very close, then, you know, they might go the whole game. Who knows? But the Eagles have so much more at stake. Um, you know, win and they're the NFC's number one seed. And they can look forward to a first round bye. Lose and either San Francisco or Dallas, like I said, move into first place. Um, overtake them in the seedings. And, you know, they could drop to number five and, and be a wildcard team. My my heart says Giants win. Because I think we just throw the house at them and we've got nothing to lose. So let's go for it. Jalen Hurts is coming off for an injury. He's not going to be 100%. He's going to be cautious. My head says Eagles pull off the win. And I'm going with my head. As much as I'd love to beat Philly this weekend, I'm going with my head. Um, I think it'll be a lot closer than it will be. Than it was in week 14. Um, it'll be a one-score game, and I'm going with 31-24 Eagles. I don't like picking the Eagles. I picked them last time, and I don't like picking them, but I just think it's... They've got more to lose than we have to gain. So I think they ed- they edge out the game. But 
obviously I'd be more than happy to beat him this weekend. Put <laughs> it that way. Um, yeah, so there you go. Um, week 17 marked uh, Championship weekend in fantasy football. And, well, I won. <laughs> um, I won. In segment. Yeah. Still humble with it. Yeah. Um, obviously, with um, the injury, well, I say the injury, with uh, Damar Hamlin going into cardiac arrest, the... Um, the Bills Bengals game was um, obviously postponed, um, and then Sleeper announced that the, the scores um, will be frozen as they are. If the game is played at a later date, um, the points can be added later on. But that's down to the commission. That's down to the commissioner. So Shane, that's up to you. However, um, I think I was seventy-seven points ahead um, with. I think he had. Three players remaining. One of being one of them being Joe Burrow, and I mean, I know Joe Burrow is good, but he's not seventy-seven point good. So, um, I think realistically, it was it was it was going to be my win. Um, so yeah, I win. <laughs> I mean, it kind of put a dampener on the win because the, obviously the game didn't finish on on Monday night, but um, it is what it is, and I'll, I'll take the win. And uh, you know, for on the second season of uh, our fantasy league, um, at least one of us has won it, eh? Still happy for you. It's more pressure. <laughs> Mate, it's, uh, to be fair, it's more luck than anything, isn't it? So, I mean, I put, you know, my, my win this week is all thanks to, uh, really, to Mike Evans. Um, 48.7 points. Austin Eckler must have helped as well. I mean, yeah, 32, 32 points for Austin Eckler. Um, and crazily enough, I had Tom Brady on my bench and he had almost 38 points. And that was sat on my bench. Uh, I did work out the other day that with, if I'd have gone with, with I, I think I left something like 30, point, 30 additional points on my bench as well. So if I'd have played them, it would have been closer to 200 points for the week. So, you know, all in all. Stars aligned and I had a good week. So, yeah. Um, Rev Tombola, um, who I played uh, two girlies, one cup. Uh, we are going to sort out a prize for you. Um, as, I mean, I, I put a message in the uh, sleeper chat the other day, but we are going to uh, hook you up with a prize for being the best listener. Um, so, congrats. Well done, mate. Um, get in touch. Um, well, we'll get in touch with you and uh, we'll, we'll sort out a prize for you. Um, but another successful season in the Big Blue UK and Ireland Fantasy League. Uh, and I'm pleased to announce that um, our friend and ex-giant, Brandon, Brandon London, um, finished last. <laughs> Brandon, what happened, mate? So uh, the wooden spoon will be coming your way. He's in too many leagues, probably. Yeah, he's probably he's probably about in about 100 leagues. I know, but he, he started off so well, and then he just obviously got too busy and got tied up with lots of other things and tailed off towards the end of the season. And yeah, he's, uh, he ended up losing the, uh, the toilet bowl as it was. But yeah, it's a great season. Good fun as usual. Um, we're debating whether to do it on NFL or sleeper again next year. So, you know, if you are involved this year, uh, let us know. Well, we'll put a thing in the, in the um, sleeper chat, whether you prefer NFL or sleeper. Um, I kind of got used to sleeper a little bit more this season, but NFL is still obviously like 
the go-to for fantasy. So uh, we'll see what happens with regards to fantasy. Um, that is all we've got time for this week, Giants fans. Um, we'll be back next week to look back at the Eagles game. And also, more importantly, uh, we'll be looking forward to Wildcard Weekend uh, and breaking down our first playoff game since 2016. Yeah, boy. Cannot wait. Absolutely buzzing. Playoff football, Wildcard Weekend. In some form, the four of us put together having a beer watching the game. Oh, you can count on that. You can absolutely count on that. Um, whether we're virtual or we're in person, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, all four of us will be watching that game. I don't care if I'm, if I'm at work, I will be watching the game. <laughs> There's no 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 chance I'm missing. Obviously, it's um, <coughs> likely, I, I would imagine, prob- depending, on our, depending on our opponents or no, but it's more than likely to be Minnesota, obviously Minnesota or San Francisco, right? So I'd say it's more likely that it's either one of the 430 or... Um, so it, like the 4.30pm, 9.30uk or the late night games that it's bound to be. So, you know, it's it's going to be probably a, a late night. So, yeah, it's a, Sunday, Sunday, well, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday or Monday is going to be a late night for us, that's for sure. But yeah, cannot wait. Um, anything else to add before we go, guys, apart from come on wildcard weekend? No, it's good to finally be back, all, all four of us again, um, coming off the back of a great win, going into a great win this weekend, and then it continuing into the wild cards. Yeah, it's weird because uh, we get a 30-point game and we get Shane back all in the same week. So, you know. It's what the, it's what the listeners asked for. What can I say? <laughs> it's what, what the listeners want. The listeners get, right? There we go. There we go. Um, yeah, anything else to add before we go? No, just that, uh, yeah, you know, enjoy this weekend, sit back, put your feet up. Watch the game. It's a league game on Sky, I think, 9.15 or 9.25. Um, you know, the outcome doesn't really matter. So don't get too hung up on on whatever the score might be um, because we need to be fully fit and locked in um, come the wildcard playoff game. Yeah, it's as long as we can come through Sunday unscathed in the terms of injuries, I think I'd be happy no matter what happens. I don't want to see any injured players. I know when we played the Patriots in that game, I think we lost O'Hara and one other player. Um, we can't afford that kind of thing, especially with our, our roster being weaker this time than it was back in um, was it 07. Um, so let's come through it unscathed. Let's look ahead to World Cup weekend. Um, and let's just enjoy pressure-free football. Absolutely, yeah. Coming out of it, Injury free is is absolutely key, like you said. Um, it's weird. It's almost like a preseason game, isn't it? The result doesn't matter, but I mean, it 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 does, but it matters more to Philly than it does to us. So you know, um, remember to subscribe to get the latest updates. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Big Blue UK in Ireland. Uh, you can also find us on the New York Giants Fans UK Facebook page and get in touch with us via email as well. Uh, bigblueukirl at gmail.com uh, get your questions into us for our mailbag uh, get your playoff questions into us uh, we will look to answer them next week as well when we look ahead to wildcard weekend 2023 started off in the best way possible with us punching our ticket to the postseason regardless of the result this weekend we've got a lot to look forward to uh, must thanks as ever go to Shane, Kev and to Craig for joining me and to you the listeners for tuning in in 2007 Eli Manning was the fourth 
was in his fourth season with the New York Giants. In 2022, Daniel Jones is in his fourth season with the New York Giants. In 2007, the New York Giants won a game in London. In 2022, the New York Giants won a game in London. In 2007, the Giants were a wildcard team in the playoffs, the number five seed. In 2022, the Giants are a wildcard team in the playoffs, the number six seed. In 2007, the Super Bowl was in Arizona. Big Blue won it. In 2022, the Super Bowl is in Arizona. Is it written in the stars? Are the stars aligned? Signing off till next time.